Welcome to Damn Fine Commentary, the internet's only Twin Peaks podcast with a real-life Dave and Lynch. In this series, we'll be reviewing and chatting about each of the 18 parts of Twin Peaks Season 3. So as they say in the Black Lodge... Hi guys, here we are again, it's Phil Willis. Nav Prasad. Dave Bluestein. Dave's here and Steve Lynch, which means what, Phil? Oh, we finally got our Dave and Lynch. In <laughs> <laughs> one room, we are here together at last. It's I'm only taken seven parts. Right now, seeing as I've been talked about, but now I'm going to completely destroy any illusions people might have had about what I actually <laughs> So for the rest of the episode, you're just going to say, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That platinum yeah. wig looks fantastic on your mate. <laughs> yeah. Outstanding. And there is a young, you've got a young toy boy that we've I been have. calling champ all <laughs> Now, are we going to do a are we going to do a, a recap this week? A Dave, a man from another place. Yes, we are. But because <laughs> has to be at another place. <laughs> That's right, because I've entered it from across the border now, I can say it forwards. It's oh, very good. All right. Well, Dave from another place. Uh, tell us what the hell did we just see? Strap yourselves in, folks, because this is the week where stuff actually happens. So we start with Jerry Horn in a forest on the phone to Ben, and uh, he thinks he's in a bit of a flap. He thinks someone stole his car, then he thinks he might be high. To be fair, he seems to be so high, he's probably not even sure he's Jerry. Meanwhile, over at the Twin Peaks Sheriff Department, Deputy Chief Hawk reveals what he found in the bathroom door. It's three of the four missing pages from Laura Palmer's diary. Who would stash reading material in the toilet? Chad. In fact, the papers were probably put there by Leland way back in season two, and Frank Truman is totally fine with all of this weirdness because he's a bookhouse boy. The pages say my name is Annie, as in Blackburn, sister of Norma, girlfriend of Dale Cooper. I've been with Dale and Laura. Good Dale is in the lodge and he can't leave. Write it in your diary. Which was, like, super useful as a clue, but probably would have been more useful if she hadn't put it in her secret diary. We then get some awkward exposition as Frank calls Harry, who is still sick slash retired, and who knows, maybe dying. We'll find out, I guess. We then cut to Andy, who seems to be the only one in the sheriff's department actually doing any frickin' police work. Uh, He's investigating the death of the kid from the previous episode, and he's actually tracked down the truck that Richard Horn was driving and is having an argument with the truck's owner about it. The guy keeps saying he'll talk to Andy but not here, not now, at 4.30, which is to say 4.30, which we have heard before. Andy doesn't get the hint that maybe the farmer is obviously being threatened by someone in the house because, you know, Andy's a moron and the farmer actually never shows up for their rendezvous and it's implied that he might have come to harm. In great moments in TV sponsorship, Frank then talks to Doc Hayward over Skype and reveals that Cooper visited Audrey in hospital just before he vanished and that he had a strange face. Could Richard be bad Cooper and Audrey's coma child? I don't know but that's really icky. Meanwhile, in Buckhorn, Lieutenant Knox, not Lieutenant Knox, because this is America, has turned up to chat with Constance and Detective Matley about that headless corpse with Major Briggs's fingerprints. It seems to be Major Briggs, but it's about 25 years too young, and despite this being the perfect time to break out her headless corpse routine, Constance plays it cool. But the real crackly electrical elephant in the room is the woodsman, the dark charcoal ghost who is walking up behind Knox that nobody seems to notice. We then cut to Gordon Cole doing some genuinely good bird impressions. Uh, Rosenfeld bursts in, reporting on Diane, apparently he found her to be a bit of a poor communicator. Who knew? So they go around to Diane's just as her toy boy champ is leaving. They tell her Coop is locked up in South Dakota. She says good. So they all fly over to Buckhorn with Tammy Preston, who's been practicing her breathing and head tilting. And uh, she's got the fingerprints, but clearly hasn't noticed that one of Cooper's doppelganger's fingerprints is flipped. Yes, that's right. Remember back when they went to see him in prison in Buckhorn and he didn't say it's very, very good to see you again, old friend. He said it's era very good to see you again, old friend. And the flipped over finger corresponds with the flipped over word, which is his spirit finger. He's backwards Cooper or Repook. Diane speaks with Repook alone, comes out crying that there's something missing here and pointing to her heart. Cole knows this is not their Cooper definitively now. But, oh no, Repook has an evil hold on the warden, seeing as he's been cutting off his 
pet dog's legs, who I assume is Mr. Strawberry, and posting them to people with information about Joe McCluskey, which is apparently something bad, but we don't know what that is. So the warden lets out Repook and Ray, gives them a car with a friend in the glove box, as requested, which I assume is a gun. Or at this point, who knows? Maybe it's a tiny Mr. Strawberry. Meanwhile, in Vegas, cops come to ask Dougie about his blowed up car, while Janie E is characteristically annoying about it. And as they leave, they're attacked by Ike the Spike, although he's now Ike the Gun, which just doesn't have the same ring to it. And Dougie strikes like a cobra. Flash of the real Cooper comes out as he disarms Ike and chucks him in the throat, Janie whacking him from behind. What a team! But as Dougie squeezes his hand around the gun, the evolution of the arm appears from the concrete, shouting, squeeze his hand off! And Dougie almost does, leaving a patch of hand meat on the gun handle. Mmm, delicious. Back in Twin Peaks, Ben Horn and Beverly Page have a bit of a moment trying to find this strange humming sound in Ben's office. I'm starting to suspect that maybe Ben has hidden a Bluetooth speaker in his pants. And after revealing the return of Cooper's original hotel key, Beverly then goes home to her terminally ill husband, who is a a little unpleasant, but not as unpleasant as Jean-Michel Renault, the fourth of the ever-ongoing Renault family, who, as we hear from a phone conversation, uh, it turns out he hired two 15-year-old prostitutes for a client, and worse, he has shocking customer service. We close on the Double R Diner as a man rushes in yelling, has anyone seen Billy? Seen Billy? I haven't heard of Billy. And that's it for part seven. There we go. Eight. Terrific episode. Wow. This is one of these ones where there's a lot happening and this is probably more like a lot of the uh, the original series than we've seen. Like a lot of, it's pretty detectives doing what detectives do. Yeah, the with crime the tone and mm. nothing that was too freaky deaky, um, which is an official term, by the way, freaky deaky. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, you're right. It is exactly, it is much more like the original tone and there was... Uh, I think one of you guys during the week said uh, there was a lot of exposition, but I felt not in a bad way. It, it was yes, I think that was me. The, I, I did I did feel that there was a lot of they would say things that we had seen on screen already. Yeah. As opposed to oh, it wasn't even exposition. It wasn't even like here's some important information you need to solve the case. It was here's stuff we've seen in previous episodes. Yeah. Which, but for me, I enjoyed it just because it was nice to see. Uh, one of the characters or some of the characters finally putting the pieces together Yeah. because we can know that Bad Coop exists but it's nice to see the pennies starting to drop for them. Although although I've got to say that when um, Hawk was telling um, Frank about what he had found and he was putting the pieces together, I think he referred to Margaret Lanneman as the log lady for the first time. He did, he did. And I was like, so who's he explaining this to or for? Because he always refers to her as Margaret Lanneman, so I just thought that was slightly inconsistent mm. in Hawk's uh, okay. speak. Uh, look, I think as... Um, th- there's, well, there's two things that are going on. One is the audience knows more than the characters in yep. many cases. The second thing is the audience... <laughs> David Lynch knows more than the audience. <laughs> For once. Yeah, we are midway through the food chain. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, in fact, but it also works in the other direction is that depending on how much the audience is paying attention, the audience knows less than the characters because we're not the characters. We haven't been in Twin Peaks for 30 years. So every now and again, someone will say, well, Wally Brando is the classic. As you know, my parents, um, it has become clear to me, as you know, uh, that you are my the godfather or you're my godfather. Um, the, there are some points where the, the characters have to, as you know, the audience, mm. just to let us know that we don't know what they know. See, I'm in two minds about this. Yeah, I'm not right? sure about it. So, for, on the one hand, I think uh, I kind of let him get away with it because it's David Lynch and he has that legacy. Uh, on the other hand, I feel like there might be production considerations here because he is um, 
he's famous for ever since well not including June for trying to bring things in under budget and I kind of feel like if there were more reshoots if there was more time taken to film the actors then sometimes the delivery would be more natural and believable the way that say um, you know uh, Frank Trivens is right or June yeah, yeah. or June yeah. <laughs> because you, I mean you look like he, like his his films have so many different styles of tone you know you take something like the straight story or um Spoilers, I've never seen The Straight Story. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just like to throw it in because it's so random. All right, no, before no, we no, finish no. this podcast, you are seeing The Straight Story. But, but the thing is that it's, they're always consistent in those worlds. And in this world, it feels like there's a little bit of wacky, a little bit of freaky deaky. As, yeah. you know, yeah, <laughs> trademarks. A little bit of straight like, convincing acting. And, it's, and that mismatch, sometimes it feels like there's this awkward paving over. Mm. That yeah. would normally get cut out in a shorter. Maybe sometimes I feel like David Lynch sees sees something that's <laughs> a bit off, and he just absolutely on the spur of the moment, with no planning whatsoever, tells them to pump up that. Totally. That so in the same way that we were talking a couple of parts ago about how senior drill cop he slowed him down in season yeah. two mm. uh, when we had the extras after the child was run over last episode, looking a little bit weird. I feel like maybe David Lynch said, oh, actually, why don't you just look a bit more weird? Like, just yeah. more of that. More of that. More of that. Oh, hand <laughs> over, the, <laughs> over the mouth, and I'll just keep shooting so you guys, and just keep doing things until I say cut. Make it bigger. Make that's, it bigger. That's why I say two lines, because the other part of me then goes, well, you know, there's there's like a dreamlike quality to the, the awkwardness yeah. that works with everything he does, so maybe mm. it's deliberate. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, like I say, we'll keep giving you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Anyone else who'd be like, that was shit. Well, I well, a lesser person would think that was shit, but actually that's just David Lynch's genius. Yeah, uh, right. Clearly you're not as good as all, yeah. It's quite funny. My husband, I was watching, uh, just doing some recapping today, my husband walks in and says, are they deliberately meant to be acting badly? <laughs> and I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, he says the way they deliver their lines, and it was the Coop Diane scene, uh, sorry, it was the um, Diane and Cole scene, and he just said, they're very laboured. Yeah. In their speech. Well, I don't think David Lynch has ever been good. Like, <laughs> which may be why he has corn in his office. Yeah. I wonder if that was a, a tip of the hat to people saying Gordon Cole is a corny. Yeah. Corn. And by the way, that's not a reference to Gum and Bozier. It's actually. Or is it? Hang on. Or is it? Or is it? Or is it? Or is it? Or so is we've it? seen. Reconstitute. I know. We've seen. We've seen three posters in uh, in Gordon Cole's office. On right behind his desk is like the Manhattan Project and an atomic bomb exploding somewhere in Nevada or wherever. Yep. On the other side... Case. Friends Kafka. We've got Friends Kafka on one side, which is just, yes, of course, if you're going to have someone surreal and bizarre in your little office... Known, little known FBI agent Franz Kafka. Oh, yeah, that was great. His undercover work as a cockroach was brilliant. Um, and then uh, on the third wall that we've seen is, uh, yeah, just a husk of corn. I don't know what that's about. An ear of corn. An ear of corn. Oh. There we go. Um, we should go to, uh, we're back at the, the Twin Peaks Sheriff Department and probably one of the biggest nuts in the in the case is being cracked at the moment because we finally get to see the missing pieces of Laura Palmer's diary. Yes. Mm. And most of them. My, no, exactly. Yeah, three quarters three of them. Four. 75% of them. So I feel very chuffed because that was my theory last week. And yeah. I was like, I don't think I've even seen this from the internet. This is just, I made this up. Uh, and would you I like me to pat, well spot on. Would you like me to well, pat your head? Yeah. Yes, please. Lynch, Lynching is the internet right now. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the, the pieces of the diary that were referred to in Firewalk With Me. The good Dale is in the lodge. Yes. Yep. And he can't leave. And, look, it doesn't take him too long, thank God, 
to put it together. Okay, there must be in that case there must be a bad Cooper. And and as far as the the scene is about, that's pretty much that's exactly what we need to know is that there is a Cooper in the world who's not yeah. the right Cooper. We yeah. need to sort that out. See, it's what the characters want to know, but I think what the audience wants to know is something we didn't know yet, which is what's frustrating me. Like there's a little part of me going, I look just full disclosure. I've just marked a whole lot of film school scripts. So I'm going, <laughs> I'm going, I would be like putting a red line through there, or the, this is a detective show. We want to see detectives detecting, and so far they're reinforcing our existing knowledge yeah. but do we want to find out when they know like in the same way that we know um, you know as Alfred Hitchcock said like we know that there's a killer in the house and it's more suspenseful if we know that there's a killer in the house but the person walking into the dark room doesn't know the killer's in the house yeah. like where does that sure. yeah I feel like an audience, as an audience member I enjoy being ahead of someone like Truman and even Hawk I like being behind Dale Cooper when Cooper if Cooper gets his brain back uh, then I'm happy to be behind him and no less than him. Uh, but I'm happy to see the other guys just picking up the pace. Like, yeah, but I... I, I, I be well, but only like because... That. Well, I don't mind the, seeing the penny drop. Yeah. But it took a long time and a lot of words for this penny to drop yeah. on this occasion. Maybe that's what really frustrated like me. A, it's just horrible. Like Red's Lucky Dime. That, um, that it's from Firewalk With Me. Maybe they, they took a little bit more time because... They do know that that's going to be something that only, say, 30 to 40% of the audience would have seen as opposed to 100% have seen the old series. Oh, maybe. So that good Dale trapped in the lodge. And even Annie, a lot of, obviously, all the diehards who have gone all the way through season two will, will remember who Annie is. But a lot of people that haven't got that freshness about them, they're like, yeah, I'm not this Annie. Annie, who the fuck is Annie? A lack of self-awareness that uh, putting names in the credits that we haven't seen on the screen shows. Like, mm. I mean, rather, that shows the self-awareness that mm. people are going to research it, they're going to talk about it outside of watching the episode. So to have that information in the body of it is frustrating. Yeah. 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 Can we um, just go back to the very first scene of part seven? No. Yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, I haven't, we haven't seen enough Ben and Jerry. Oh, Ben and Jerry. Yeah, oh, right. yeah. And, oh. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you go, please. Well, I was just saying the, the one thing when we were talking about it in part one, um, I was saying, I just want to see a close-up of his face. I was really frustrated that all of that in part one was wide. And yeah. this time we got to see that delightful scamp face of David Patrick Kelly. <laughs> Hidden <laughs> underneath, like, all that <laughs> beard. <laughs> but... And he just looked completely bewildered and terrified, and I just thought it was gorgeous. Dude, yeah. where's my car? Totally. Yeah. 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 Um, is, that a, is that a call back to Mr. Hastings? <laughs> <laughs> the, well, talk about people losing their car. Dougie's lost his car. He loses a big time in this episode, or a previous episode, I should say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, just remember where you parked your car, for God's sake. <laughs> We're going to be all over the place uh, in this episode just because we've already heard the recap. So because this is a plot-driven episode, we're not going to go through every single beat as it goes, but there's some, probably some big themes that um, that turn up. One of the big ones, I guess, is that it's not just the FBI on the case now. We've actually got, well, I guess, the military is on the case. We've got um, Lieutenant Knox decides to turn up in Buckhorn because yep. she's yep. investigating the fingerprints that were blocked, 
I guess, on account of national security concerns or something. And they're all coming at it from different directions. Yeah. Which is nice. Mm. Yeah. Um, she reminds me of Joan Cusack, that actress, which I love. Yeah. She reminds really? me of Julie Anderson. Yeah, I thought she was. It's a straight out, like, you know, X Files, very yeah. much. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Without, without Twin Peaks, there's no X-Files. Mm. She's confused, as we all were. I know we've had our debates about, oh, is the body belong to uh, Major Briggs or does it not Major Briggs? Is the fact that he's still in the body of a 45-year-old because he's been away in the Black Lodge or some other lodge and time has not passed in the regular way and now he's still a 45-year-old? Are they his prints? Did Bad Cooper put the prints on him? We still have not come to the bottom of that. But clearly, I'm not the only guy confused by that because... Lieutenant Knox is stunned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, my feeling was that that it was to do with time flowing differently. differently. Yeah. But I kind of wonder why, because they keep saying he died in a fire. Did they not find a body? Like, how do they know he died in the fire if there was no body? Which, when Ernie Hudson's character says, it's time for me to make, make- that phone call, it seemed to me, I, I had that exact same thought, and then I, I thought, well, okay, maybe... So Bobby now, after twenty five years, he has accepted that his father died in a in a fire. But in fact, yeah, as you say, they never did find a body. No, it's they, right. He's probably been listed as missing, presumed dead in the yeah the military yeah. files. Well, in the same way that we had the mill fire, and there were bodies that weren't found there. And they, um, they could come back. Exactly. As exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the other space, Mr. Tomogura, oh, whatever yeah. his name um, was. Did I ever tell you guys that this Touching is another up. little tidbit from the making of the original series that they didn't tell the rest of the cast that that was. Yes, I did know that. That said, he's a very famous actor in Japan. He speaks very little English, so don't don't address him too much. And so Pavlori for two weeks just wandered around and said, (laughs) (laughs) I would have loved to have been Pavlori for those two weeks. Well, especially since, now I can only presume that Jack Nance was uh, worded up, at least in that scene. Um, I think... Mr. Tajimori, whatever his name is, kisses um, Jack Nance. Yes. Yes. So I can only presume at that point he probably had figured it out. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe Maybe not. Maybe he still thinks he's kissing one of of Japan's uh, greatest actors. (laughs) That's how they do it there. I don't know. Anyway, so we were talking about making that phone call, which I think based on previous episodes, we are probably being led to believe that phone call is to the FBI. Mm. But I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm just not going to assume anything. Yeah. Oh, Okay. I had assumed that it might have been to uh, the family. To Bobby, just to let you know. Bobby. Is, is Bobby's well, no, mum, is Mrs. Briggs in the... You're the, the queen of the credits now. She, she hasn't made an appearance yet, but she is... Uh, no, actually, hang on a second. I'm just going through my list. I don't know that she is due to make an appearance, actually. Your list is colour-coded. Oh, it's yeah, colour-coded. <laughs> on this. Oh, no, well. I lie. Actually, Charlotte Stewart will be making an appearance as oh, Betty Briggs. Okay, so right. that's my prediction. The phone call is going to be to Charlotte Stewart's character, Mrs. Briggs. Oh, to let her know that, just to let you know, We've we found... never did... Well, number one, we found a body. Number two, it was not the body that yeah, we found. Yeah, but, 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 but um, Lieutenant Nixon, or whatever her name is, says to... To Constance, oh, I love her. Um, that I don't think this is going to be your case for much longer. Yeah, because you didn't hear it from me, but this isn't going to be your case much longer. Oh, yeah, your case. Yeah, yeah. your case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So implying that they're taking it away from them. Mm. 
Yeah. Or the FBI are taking out. One but other thing that... I, can that, I just say, oh, sorry, yes. Constance, just, sorry, I just, I, I know we talked about this briefly before we recorded, I'm so disappointed that she stopped doing stand-up. <laughs> I, I would love to see Oh, no, lot. she's standing up. She's yeah. not saying anything. That's, right, that's, right. <laughs> that's exactly the sort of thing that Constance Dowell would say. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I would love to see her do like a, you know, a Seinfeld-style intro, like the log lady for the original <laughs> <laughs> series. Where she was like, the little, what's the deal with Blue Rose? And, uh, a few minutes and then... And Do instead well, of the, the slap bass, it's got like the brown. <laughs> um, one thing from that exchange that stuck with me was when uh, Lieutenant Knox asked her, uh, said, when did he die? And Constance said, within the last five to six days. And I thought maybe what would have been more correct is to say five to six days ago, because within the last five to six days implies that like it could have been yesterday. It's like, it could have been yesterday. He hasn't had a head for four days. <laughs> We could probably be a little yeah. bit more specific than that. Uh, one of the other great th- uh, themes that we really need to um, have a talk about in this episode is that not only, so we've had Diane revealed, we know who Diane is, but now she has been fully recruited, probably unwillingly, and has to come face to face with yeah. someone she really does not want to see. I've got my own theories about why that might or might not be the case, but I'm keen to hear... Number one, why she's not with the FBI anymore? Why do you think no. that might be? And what, why is she so averse to helping out in this case? Like, does anyone have any thoughts or theories about what that might be? About? I felt it wasn't too like it, it wasn't. I was the word I want to say subtle. I guess the idea that when she last so when Bad Coop came back, or Duper, I've been calling it in my head, um, there was some kind of sexual assault that happened, presumably in her apartment with him and that's part of why she left mm. and part of why she hasn't seen him since. What's the internet saying? Uh, there's not a lot of chatter. <laughs> I've got my internet channel happening. Uh, not, uh, I, I've i seen a lot and uh, my thought as well was similar to what Dave said, although not so much, or I didn't uh, see it as a sexual assault. I didn't uh, automatically assume that. More just uh, there was a tryst that uh, then he disappeared and right. so it was a bit more of you you left and uh, I haven't heard from you, so fuck you. No, I thought something could have happened. I mean, I think there was, I think you're right, there was definitely, a, well, it looks to me very clear there was been a massive violation of trust. But when you look at Diane's face, as she, both in her reluctance to go and see Bad Cooper, but also as she, you know, as that blind comes up and you sort of, she looks at him for the first time in however many years, there's a look of absolute dread on mm, her face. Yeah. Like, she's frightened. And I think also, like, assuming that Bad Cooper has been basically collecting Governor Bozier for 25 years, I'm assuming he's, as much as possible, done things to generate pain and suffering. Yeah. Mm. So uh, I guess that was where I was uncertain. You guys might be might have a clearer view than I, but I wasn't sure if... When they had this last experience, was that her with the good Cooper just before he went into the lodge or just before he went to the town of Twin Peaks? Uh, or was it with the bad Cooper afterwards? The, well, this is, the, this is the thing. So I'm, I'm in two minds. Number one, do you remember the last time you saw me? Now, there's two options there. The last time that Diane and Cooper saw each other, it could have been good Cooper, in which mm-hmm. case... Yes, it was at my apartment. Do you remember that? And they, and it would would have been if maybe um, they were involved romantically or something like that. But then, if that was the last time that she's seen the guy, it's twenty five years later. What an asshole! What you didn't call, you didn't, you just left and you just disappeared. Mm. No, I'm so just, no, I'm, I'm with Dave. Or 
It's the other way, and the last time she saw it is Bad Cooper, mm, yeah. in which case that there's a whole other different... A lot of things. Which is I, what I was uh, yeah. trying to... But the only, the only thing that points to the last time she saw Cooper was Good Cooper was the fact that she looked at current Bad Cooper and said, that's not him, that's, that's not, not him. him. Because maybe the last time she remembers seeing Cooper, that's not him. Exactly. She remembers. She remembers good Cooper. She doesn't okay. remember. Well, no. All she was being asked to do was to identify whether it was Cooper or not. That doesn't have to do, have anything to do with her last. Would necessarily yeah. have to do with her last. The last time she saw him. Okay. All right. Because mm-hmm. remember, there's a moment on the on the plane when uh, they're looking at the photo and they say, "This is the this is the photo that was taken of." Uh, I've got the exact wording, but that man when he was in. Well, the in man Rio. was found last time he was in Rio, and there, yeah. there, there's some phrasing. It's like that man or the man who's been arrested or they didn't say Cooper right and yeah. as they're saying it you see her in the next room listening in the conversation and closes her eyes and there's quite it's quite clear that mm. she's already aware that this person who looks like Cooper might not be him oh yeah mm. that I think that's going to become really important in future episodes because she's now been the litmus test of mm. this is not Cooper and this is again talking about information that the audience has that the characters do not have Cole doesn't know, Rosenfeld doesn't know, Tammy Preston doesn't know that there are two Coopers in the world. Now, the only people that know that Tammy are... Tammy Preston doesn't know. Tammy, exactly. <laughs> Tammy Preston knows. Exactly. Oh, fuck you, Tammy. <laughs> Can I just... As, as I keep going back to stupid, not sexy. Yeah, uh, yes. Last, last episode, when we were discussing Tammy Preston and she was looking at the fingerprints, I was giving her credit. I was like, look, she's doing the swing hips thing and she hasn't impressed me so far, but it looks like she's onto something with the fingerprints. Turns out she fucking wasn't. <laughs> she's like, here's her fingerprints. They're identical, right? And it's up to Albert to say, uh, uh, actually, on, look at right. this yeah, one exactly. right here. And it's pretty obvious. Yeah. What <laughs> wasn't right. But yeah. just in a moment of levity amongst all that serious, I love the fact that um, Cooper's house in Rio was sold to a girl from Ipanema. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was just beautiful. Yeah. Apparently, uh, that house, that house is a the set that he's in front of or the house that he's in front of is is a real house it's in miami it was al capone's house get <laughs> out it's properly al capone's house there's a ha- there's a, uh, a photo on the internet with al capone standing exactly where cooper is sta- where bad cooper's standing so awesome. where do you find this crap the internet i <laughs> 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 love it um while we're on bad cooper so, Bad Cooper, this is all the stuff that Bad Cooper's done before, but the stuff that Bad Cooper is doing right now, he's already made his phone call and he's messed up the security system and he's given a wink to the warden and said, well, let's, well, we should have a talk about Mr. Strawberry. Oh, no, Mr. Strawberry's not taking any calls. I wonder why that might be. That We've got uh, our answer. We yeah. do have our answer, unfortunately, yeah. And we also have our, from several parts ago, we're like, oh... What does it take to get arrested? He's clearly just cut off a, a dog's leg. But actually, <laughs> now he's gone one better. He's yeah. like, there are three others. There are three, three others, others out there. Um, <laughs> the warden's oh. dog, eh? Yeah. So this is a here boy, here boy of this dog, like, kind of desperately <laughs> along the ground. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Can I tell a terrible joke? Yeah. What do you call Cooper's dog? Anything you like, because he won't come. Oh. oh. Terrible. That's so bad. Uh, yeah. Redeem yourself fast. No, I can't. <laughs> That'll be cut out. This will never go to win. Um, the, That's a good thing. So there's a dog. It used to have four legs, and now it has zero legs. Hey, wait a minute. Maybe the legs are like the pages of the diary. Oh, well. <laughs> so we've only found one of the four. <laughs> Three or four are missing. Three of the legs are trapped in the lodge, and they can't leave. Um, well, no, no. We know, that th- we know that three are out there. Somewhere. With, with, with the information. With the information, About yes. Joe McCluskey. 
Have we met Joe McCloskey no, before? Do we, we even know no. what that is? No, I don't know. What no. See, that's the stuff I love. This is what frustrates me about the... I know I keep harping on about this, but one of the things I loved about the original series, and I think it took a turn when they had the episode where um, where Bob was revealed as... Uh, in that, that one episode where the, with the confession from Leland Palmer, is that you, he throws out things like Joe McCluskey and it brings up so many questions and it's intrigue. It's not confusing. It's just mystery. Yeah. You know? Without having to answer it. You answer it and go, oh... Yeah, yeah, like yeah, great. There's, well, there's the whole J.J. Abrams theory of you've got to create a mystery, and you don't have to be under any pressure to solve it. Just, yeah, no. just leave a black box and just let people speculate what might be inside. And now, isn't there something in the secret history where there's a lot of distinction between what's a secret and what is a mystery? Oh, God, I haven't got that far in the book, yeah, dude. No. Okay. Yeah, I think you're the only one who's actually properly read it. Because <laughs> love us. Damn it, because I've forgotten. Uh, but yeah, there is something. There is something in there about uh, he he draws the distinction about uh, what's a secret and what's a mystery. Um, maybe we'll just leave that. Yeah, as I actually a have a vague memory of this mystery. For maybe we can. Yeah, if we dig it up, maybe we can put it on the show notes. So they are the these. Are, so I guess that's sort of the main Cooper stuff that we need to deal with. Oh, other than the fact that he's escaped from jail with Ray, he's managed to you know bargain his way out of jail. And how are they going to cover that shit up? I know. Uh, exactly. What's the warden going to say? Like, Ooh. With a cheap rental and a friend in the glove box. Yeah. 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 It's always good to have a friend in the glove box. The, uh, so they're, they're on the run. Now, presumably... now he's, So he's busted Ray out of prison. Number one, I guess, to get the coordinates or whatever from Hastings' secretary. Number yep. two, probably to put him in a shallow grave somewhere, I can only suspect. Yeah, Ray's... Well, it's, it ain't looking good for Ray. No, it's no. not really. Because, you know, Bad Coop knows that Ray took some money to kill he him. He's him as long as he can. Yeah, because yeah. Ray also doesn't know that Daria's dead, presumably. No, no, he would not. Take long to find out. Hopefully, well, why am I rooting for Bad Cooper? I'm thinking, like, hopefully, he'll, he'll get the information <laughs> and he'll off Ray. Um, yeah, there's no reason for that except. Yeah, know. these are bad dudes. The other big thing that we need to talk about. We're back to Good Cooper. Mm. What's going on in Good Cooper's life? Good Cooper is a badass, as it turns he's out. T- even <laughs> when he, even yeah. when he's brain dead, he can fuck shit up. Yeah, uh, I met his match. Aided. Aided by the uh, a miniature version of the evolution of the arm. Yes, who, who so just cute. like a tree Mini can arm. grow between the cracks and <laughs> oh, yes. so squeeze his hand off. <laughs> Love my awesome advice. I really want one of those on my shoulder. Yeah. Just my everyday life. Just, yeah, every point, yes. Well, well, it's the first, we've got dwarf on dwarf violence there. We've got the uh, <laughs> the arm is telling you how to defeat the other. John, we need, to, we need to take bets. <laughs> So, yes. I think they're called little people. Well, person of small stature. What, even when they're a tree? <laughs> Shrub? Bush? I don't know. Um, I do I, I do keep thinking now. Is that, that, is that like the bonsai that was... Well, oh. I, I was wondering if the, the brain on the tree, when he's when he's giving him that advice, squeezes out. It's like Mr. Miyagi. And it's like... Oh, yeah. So, like, the end of the Karate Kid, when he's, like, standing over the defeated Iking, he looks over to the brain on the tree and he gives it a little wise <laughs> <laughs> and he, like holds up the trophy and hugs Janie E and yeah. cut to credits. Yeah. I like the idea that he's <laughs> actually being tainted by his time in the waiting room. You know, yeah. that, that there is this actual kind of that the arm is like for Phil Gerard attached to him, feeding him bad thoughts, bad impulses. Mm. Oh, is I it a bad impulse? He's about to be he's about to be killed. Nice. Yeah, but you can disable somebody, you can disarm somebody, or, you, or literally, or you can uh, you can leave a chunk of flesh behind on a gun. <laughs> <laughs> is that what? Oh. So when we were seeing the peeling, of, that was yeah. that was yeah, that was like bit of Ike's hand. Wow. Also, uh, time for a uh, crazy internet theory. Yes. Ooh. Um, so this theory 
involves a, a, an acceptance of the possibility that all of this show is not in chronological order because there is a theory that the chunk of flesh is actually the flesh that's been found in her I was about to make mention uh, of that chunk of flesh. Hell, so. wow. And the thing is that the because the, I was also thinking, not because I read on the internet actually, but uh, my partner Mel were watching it and she said, made a comment about that, when, yeah. whether it was happening that he'd gone back a year earlier or something, except that the key appears. Yes. So I think there's a lot of holes in the, the, in the theory. But, the theory. Yeah. but um, another thing is that when they are showing the flesh being peeled off the gun and then put into the evidence bag, there is a very specific uh, camera effect. That is, uh, there's like the, the focus halo. Mm. So yeah, they're, yeah. they're blotting out all the rest of the frame except for that uh, except for that, so there's this oval so framing shape. I don't, I don't understand where. Because oh, I was looking at the same thing. I'm thinking they've they've framed it in such a way that there's only one thing that we're looking at. I don't yeah. see any distractions. There's nothing in the background, particularly that we should be mm. uh, that should be distracting us. Number one, as if David Lynch cares about whether we're distracted by yeah. trivial details. Like he, as he always says, um, you know, people have asked him, "Oh, Mahone Drive, what's all that about?" He says, "Like, well, have you seen the movie?" And they say, "Yeah." Well, all the information that you need is on the screen. Um, so he's very particular. He's basically... Well, maybe he, that's all the information we need, and that's the other stuff But why around. would you... Just yeah, odd. just more weirdness, but, again, just making stylistic choices all over the shop, yeah. even when they're inconsistent. Yeah. yeah. Look, Douglas Jones, he moves like a cobra. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they give him his full moniker. They give him his full name, Douglas. Douglas he's not Dougie Dennis. anymore. Dougie's like this hapless dude. Douglas is he's a badass yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. So I guess the question is, how long do we think it's going to take for good Cooper to come back to 18 us? 18 parts. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping maybe it's 16. Yeah. Yeah. Or 17. Well, I, I don't thought, want it to be an 18. No, I would have yeah. thought it was the first act, but as it turns out, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, we are sort of screaming very quickly towards halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't tell me that. I'm a glass half full. I'm saying that there's more, but there's more than half of the series that yet to come. Oh, we'll put our glasses oh, yeah. together and it'll be a full glass. Oh. <laughs> Although yeah. I was reading about some, uh, you sign a petition to have a, for another season of, um, of Twin Peaks, which... <laughs> yeah. And some well, tweet then. from Kimmy Robertson saying, oh, yeah, you should totally do that. Kimmy Robertson is, is the woman who plays um, Lucy. Lucy. Yeah. Rather than petitions, maybe we just let their creativity decide. Yes. If I've got an idea, they'll keep it going. Let the story just if, take its course. If they don't, they'll give it another season and get Bob Ingalls and Harley Payton to fuck it all up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going bring back Diane Keaton. <laughs> Did you guys talk last week about Ike the Spike's sad moment? When yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. The only moment of remorse or sadness. Or I love emoji. that. It was so great. It was, like, it was like a human emoticon. <laughs> It was like um, it was like the Rancor Beast uh, trainer who's when, when the Rancor Beast is dead, he goes <laughs> like he's been an evil bastard, but he's really sad because the Rancor's dead. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Probably the last thing we probably need to talk about is just the wrap up at the end. There's some weird revelations. We're back in Twin Peaks. There's some weird revelations about the backstory behind uh... <laughs> behind the guy sweeping the floor. Yeah. No, no, the humming. the humming. No, I'm talking about the humming. There's a weird humming yes. in the Great Northern. Mm. And then well, it kind well, of pans up towards uh, an image of a totem pole, and then but then doesn't doesn't linger there. So you and then it comes back well, to the wood paneling. I'm waiting yeah. for Josie to pop out. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's not weird is that Ben is still Ben. 
Oh, he is. Just yeah. close your eyes. And he does this weird gesture where his, his hands are moving towards <laughs> her boobs. They're like, oh, just, just close your eyes. And oh, just feel it's oh. icky. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you dirty old man. Gross. He's pretty gross. We find out uh, that, what's the woman's character's name? Beverly. Beverly, Beverly Page. Page. Beverly Page. Beverly Page. Well, she's got her own set of issues. She's got to go back home. She's been working late, but she's got to go back home to an invalid husband, I guess. Mm. And when I saw her going in the front door, going to the front door and speaking to the nurse coming out, I was like, oh my God, it's Johnny Horn. <laughs> that would have been even more icky. She comes over to her husband, he's wearing a big Indian headdress. And she's got the hots for his yeah. dad. I actually thought it was going to be new shoes. Like, oh, yes, I actually thought it was going to be Leo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's, it's definitely not Leo. Right? No, no, it's definitely not. Eric Dar Ray is not coming. I don't think anyone knows where he is. Everyone, people have been trying to find him. No, he, he's not in my list. Right, I've read, read that he was, but it must have been not. No, no, I've, I'm, I'm still hoping that Michael Onkin makes a surprise appearance, but, you know. Leo's not coming back. Leo's those, definitely those, not coming back. I've seen, I've seen that. Those really. spiders did their work. When he finally got tired of holding onto the string with his teeth, they just went and just yeah. devoured him. But she's married to a guy called Tom, um, or Tommy, I think. Poor old Tom. Tom. Yeah. You you may be dying, Tom, but you're still a fucking. Well, well. He's he's a bit mean. He's a gaslighting I, old. I, I, I think he's. I think he's. I think he's another bad dude. Yeah. I know you, Phil was saying off before we were recording that. Well, you know, he's in a wheelchair and he's got oxygen and. You know he's he's at home. I mean, and clearly he knows his you know his wife is working late. So you know, poor him. But I think this guy's a bad dude. And what makes me think that is because the way that Beverly tells screams at him not to fuck with her um, suggests that there is some backstory there. Okay, this is a guy who has sabotaged her before. Yeah, maybe. I, I also think though that you know people who are terminally ill and being cared for, they you know it's it's not an easy process. I oh, I've done it's it. Possible yeah. that. Yeah, that he is an asshole because of his situation. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's not. It's not the way he is portrayed in this scene that makes me think he's a bad dude. It's the, her reaction to him. I just yeah, think that some, there is that there's some history there, and it's not good. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I do. Look, honestly, I do. Like same, like all of us probably in one in one way or another have experienced people in their lives that are in chronic pain all the time and it does affect their move like the that person that you used to know is no longer there yeah. because these guys are in pain all the time and it affects everything they do and say we probably need to say about that but I think he, I don't think that's the last of Tommy oh no we'll see he's we'll coming see, we'll back see Tommy again. having said that though I think I do think that Beverly is the first angry wife we've seen where you kind of really go oh no I get you yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah she doesn't have any leaky pipes she's just trying to get her job done <laughs> leaky pipes. You, you, are, you do mean literally we've been saying in previous parts about the actors that get it and can give some extra dimension to what might be a two dimensional character on the page and I've said that I think Naomi Watts absolutely nails it. Janie yeah, is not totally just does. a shrew. She's got a reason for it. And I think you're right. Ashley Judd is doing the same thing for yeah. for this character. And am well, I right? Uh, Ashley Judd hasn't been in any David Lynch stuff before? Don't I don't, so. don't think, think so. Has, no. 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 I'm still convinced that Janie isn't real. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, we talked, we did talk about this, yeah, I think, yeah, last yeah, week, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I'm, Still not sure either. Well, you think she's manufactured? Well, the fact that Janie E and Sonny Jim have such, you know, uh, made-up names. (laughs) (laughs) Sonny Jim Jones. I also also think, I said this last week, Sonny Jim is just a weird kid. Like, Mm. you know, he he cannot be of this earth. Yeah. Which, if if he is not manufactured, then 
Sunny Sunny Jim is fifty percent not of this earth. Oh, you mean so that could be the reason why he's right. weird? That Janie E actually is real a uh, real life lady who was born and grew old and yep, uh, yeah. married a guy who happened to well, be manufactured. Yeah, right. because... And when you're fifty percent. <laughs> Manufactured spawn, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then that's what you get a kid who doesn't been. speak but just yeah. gives thumbs up. He could have been manufactured 25 years ago, yeah. yeah that, that, that that exactly, yes. Yeah. That's where you're getting to speak a bit, yeah. You can't speak a bit. The clapper was great. May or may not blink backwards yeah. if you believe the yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I've right. gone back and watched that scene so many times, I'm still not convinced. Yeah, that yeah, no. I think it might be some people with like poor streaming services <laughs> <laughs> or just from wishful thinking, hey, we haven't had enough supernatural shit this episode, yeah. Um, well, the last thing we probably need to talk about is one of the greatest scenes in all of television. Three minutes of a man sweeping a floor. Yeah. Oh, some great onions. What a beautiful analogy. <laughs> Just fantastic. Well, it, it, maybe you guys went through the same process that I went through, which was that, uh, first of all, I'm sort of like, yeah, I'm into it. And then, oh, come on, get on with it. And then, I'm just crying with laughter. Just, yeah. uh, and then I'm actually doing things like, Oh, come on, mate, you missed a spot. Yeah. You know, what is the significance yeah, of that no. bit that you've missed? But I'm, just, I'm just watching, it's like um, popping bubble wrap. You know, like you just want to yeah. get every single bit yeah. of yeah. it and you don't care how long it takes. <laughs> My journey was thinking, is this the new way they're going to do the credits? This is the <laughs> <laughs> like, That's it, they run out of bands. Yeah, the band's finished. Uh, the, the camera crew turned up we're too just, late to film them. We're just going to do old and, Booker T tracks now. <laughs> that's yeah. right, that's right. Well, the ugly lights have come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Time to go home. I was Everybody. going to say, please don't. Not, it's too soon. Mm. <laughs> Although the actual credits, like, the, um, has anyone seen Billy? Is, uh, do we know who Billy is? No. No, we do no idea. This is when we're back is. in the diner and yeah. get that weird, where's Billy? Is oh, unless, Billy is the, unless Billy was the, the kid who got hit by a car. No, no, I thought Billy was the long-haired guy that didn't show up for the, the other, I think... That was the other possibility. Yes. Didn't show up for the... For, to, to for his rendezvous with Andy. When, you know, Andy's looking at his Rolex watch, how does a deputy oh, show up? Actually, oh, I own a maybe. Rolex watch, but, you know. Mm, yeah, okay. Did anyone, actually, just going back to the Rolex, did anyone read anything into Andy wearing a Rolex? No, so I'm a bit of a watch nerd, I must admit, um, only just recently, and... He was going to get an Apple Watch, but yeah, but we've seen we have seen three watches like visibly. We've seen three watches uh, in the series so far. Um, our old mate is it Sam? Who's the guy that gets killed by the? Yeah, Sam, mm-hmm. Sam and Tracy. Yeah, mm. Sam has a visible watch. It is not a Rolex. So we can rule out sponsorship. Yes, we can rule out sponsorship. Although the Although other two are if so... You die, if you die badly, then maybe that's, that's why. That's true. Yeah, 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 you know so this could be how Showtime got David Lynch the extra cash he wanted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. Oh, you, can, you can have a watch, but just so don't get blood splattered on it. Is that all right? Um, <laughs> and then we had Red. Uh, while he's flipping yeah. his coins and he flips heads, I win, tails, you lose. There's a very close shot of his Rolex. Right. Uh, and then... Rolex had... allowing you to defy the laws of physics. <laughs> yeah. 1873. Yeah. And, um, and Andy, inexplicably... On a deputy's wage is wearing a five thousand dollar Rolex as well, unless it's a fake one. But I just thought it was too weird that to go unmentioned that there are, how are these people wearing Rolex. So I, I actually did go to the internet this week, and no. it didn't freak me out entirely. No. Um, but there are some theories out there that suggest that maybe Andy's on the take. Oh, what? Oh, no, that is that. Yes. Yes. I know, I know. Yeah, but that's what. Some people on the internet are saying Lynch isn't averse to doing commercials. Like he's he's done them in the past. I think the yeah. idea of, of incorporating that sure. to get the funding. I, I mean, yeah, I, but I'm for someone who's got such incredible attention to detail, why would you 
focus on a brand, a very serious brand name watch on the wrist of a deputy who clearly cannot afford that watch. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Maybe Chad gave it to him. <laughs> <laughs> Chad's got all the cash. But Chad's yeah, cast off. What a fucking Well, Chad. actually, well, if the next time we see Chad, he's wearing a Rolex and I'm putting red Chad That's and right. Andy together. Yep. Ah, uh-huh. the, the Rolex. The Rolex twins. twins. Yeah. 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 Um, Still can't get over the fact that Chad took his coffee into the toilet. <laughs> oh, I know. Me neither. That was disgusting. <laughs> I missed that. Oh, God. So, you know when Hawk is um, prying open the, the door, the it's toilet all, door. All he got like, coffee. Yeah. And like the oh, no, shorts, that's so. wrong. On some <laughs> like, and oh, a cup fine. of coffee. Okay, do what we got to do. Like, oh, man. It's <laughs> gross. Um, we have, I do have more internet theories. <laughs> yes, I want more internet theories. I love them. Okay. Um, two, two internet theories this week. Uh, the first one I did, it hasn't been explored too much. It's just a, an idea to think about. If you go back to, go back to episode six, I think it was maybe five where, when did Ike the Spike get his file? Was it five. Episode six? Oh, was it? I was um, pretty sure it was six. Anyway, um, Ike the Spike gets his, uh, his hit list file and what's the way that that is identified? Oh, there's a black dot on it. Yeah, they're black dot. Ah, if right. you go back to part one, when Tracy visits Sam in New York, mm. she's holding two coffees, and one of them has a black ah, dot. Really? Between, Fantastic. Yeah, on the, written on the side. So it's got a Z. On yeah, it. I can see like, there's an L and or a there, Z or something. And there is a, a black dot right next to the Z. Does that mean that Tracy has received some instructions as well? <gasps> So, wow. you know, and, and well, maybe that, because that we did, we were talking, or, or there was a bit in Las Vegas where uh, they said she's got the job, and we were wondering, well, does the she's got the job? Does that mean Lorraine? Lorraine. 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 Could also be Tracy's got yeah. the job to go to New York and seduce the guy to to open up the gates. So that totally he makes stops. Sense that Tracy yeah. was, was part of that. Yeah. Because at the time, I remember thinking it's so weird. Like she's so curious, and it's so obvious. Yeah. That, yes. But I'd always put the black box in the same kind of camp as... Yeah, the, the owner of the black box in the same sort of camp as whoever it is behind the black dots. But maybe they needed a sacrifice or a death. Yeah. And she acted so dreadfully yeah. as well. So that's theory number one. Um, don't know yep. where there will go anywhere. Theory number two, based on something that uh, we saw in this episode and actually haven't talked about yet, and that is the reappearance of Charcoal Guy. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. How, 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 how did we not talk about him? Oh, my God. So let's, let's chat about him, and then I'll, I'll just blow your fucking mind with right. some internet theory. Yeah, let's so it was, okay. in fact, the reappearance of Charcoal Guy. Yes. Yes, it is. Because I'm, I'm not entirely convinced that it is the same guy we saw. I thought it might Why be can't there be else. more than one Charcoal Guy? Well, that's what I'm saying. It, it may be someone else from, Charcoal men. from the men, lodge. That's right. or Were there two woodsmen in the... Um, there's, two, yeah. there's two woodsmen, I think, in Above the convenience store? Yeah. Yeah, there were are. There two? I thought there, there were two were. people sitting next to each other, but only one looked really lumberjacky with the beard and all that. There was Jürgen Proshnov, or whatever. Yes. And, and they were supposed to have lines, but they ended up all being given to um, the man from another place because of a mic problem, apparently. Oh, all right. Mm. Me and Mike, as in yeah. one-armed man. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about All right, Mike. so blow our minds, then she... Okay, so... Uh, and. A few of the internet theories so far I've failed to credit. I, I was able to get down the, the person who developed this theory. So uh, congratulations to B.W. Phoenix on Reddit, whose theory <laughs> is that Charcoal Guy is the, uh, the spirit representing the head of Major Briggs in the same way that the man from another place was a spirit that was created by the arm of Mike. 
because he first appears in jail next to Bill, and yep. it's his head that floats away. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and of course, now we know Bill has a link to the body yep. of, yeah. of Major Briggs. Yep. Uh, secondly, in part three, when uh, Major Briggs says Blue Rose, it is it's just, just his, his head. Yes. head. Yep. Um, and then thirdly, in this episode, uh, it is at the exact moment that Lieutenant Knox says his head is missing that that figure appears. And, and then starts, moves towards the Yeah, yeah, you're right. Towards, oh. So it's almost oh, it's like chills. that summons. Like a <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that theory because you know at the beginning I, when we first saw him in, in episode in part two it felt like um, it felt like someone from the lodge collecting Gorman Bozier yeah. Yeah. but yeah. it wasn't clear you know it, there's no it, it's almost more like he's listening in rather than actually absolutely yeah because he's kind of like propped up against the wall of the cell like and he looks like he's eavesdropping yeah yeah and of course one other thing is that we've been calling charcoal guy but actually it could be soot which. If your oh, spirit, your corporeal body was in a fire, yes, um, ah. then that's been immortalized. As yes, that's yep. freaky deaky. Yeah, and it's a great way. <laughs> it's a great way to get <laughs> around. <laughs> it's get a, a great way to get around the recasting of yeah. Briggs. Yes, yep. yeah, yeah. In the same way that we've seen uh, for people that we can't recast or won't recast, Michael J. Anderson. Yeah, you just replace them with some other symbol of that thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Brain on a stick. Yeah. Charcoal totally man. With the universe, yeah. 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 Does that mean there's also like there's a corresponding theory, spirit, yeah. which is the bottom part of him? <laughs> <laughs> We've got Mike and Bob in the split. Yeah. 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 So where's Ruth Davenport's body? We don't know. We don't know. And is it relevant? Oh, it'll, I'm We've sure. We've got 11 parts to find out. Mm. Yeah. And that's probably a good place to end it. Um, thanks to everyone who uh, is continuing to support us by listening, sharing it amongst your friends and rating us on iTunes. Um, look, honestly, tell your friends. We're as much in the dark about this stuff as all <laughs> of you are. So if you've got any questions or comments or concerns, have we missed anything, hit us up. Uh, you can reach us at daveandlynch at gmail.com or you can just um, hit us up on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash daveandlynch. Um, and you can follow us there. We're on Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash Dave and Lynch. And you could be credited with internet theory the next day. Yes. Press <laughs> <laughs> me, internet. What yes. can you do? Come on, you internets. Uh, do what you need to do. Thanks for listening, everyone. See ya. Freaky deaky, mofos. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> oh, everyone looked at me like I have some kind of catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Damn Fine Commentary with Dave and Lynch. For the complete list of show notes and all the links, visit our website, daveandlynch.com. And if you like the show, there's two things you can do to really help us out. First, tell all your friends. And second, take a few seconds to rate us on iTunes. It makes a huge difference and helps other people find us. Look, did we miss anything? Do you have a comment, a question or a suggestion? Drop us a line at daveandlynch at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on your social media of choice. We're at twitter.com slash daveandlynch, facebook.com slash daveandlynch, instagram.com slash daveandlynch. <laughs> yep, you get the picture. We're everywhere. Thanks for listening.